are back today for another Ride of Your Life podcast and I am super excited and I'm a bit more comfortable as well, but I'm super excited to be here with my school friend, primary school friend, Daisy May, and I know there was a Tallulah in there at some point. Is there still a Tallulah in there? Oh yeah, 100%. Daisy May Tallulah. Um, So we were in primary school together and I've had some amazing people I've been in contact with about the podcast and Daisy just popped up and she's riding and I was just like I need to have you on my podcast let's meet after like nearly 20 years um well not 20 years about 15 <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's not age me um but yeah would you like to just explain who you are what you do what you ride yeah so hey I'm Daisy and um I ride at <laughs> BMW F700 GS and yeah, I got in touch with Salia because I saw her come up on two Facebook groups that I was part of. Jesus and Christ. I, I know. Just everywhere, aren't I? Right? <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. And I know we'd had a couple of times where we'd had a chat a few years ago, but I think this is the first time we've probably seen each other, probably since sixth form. I think it was the confidence thing and then also like coming across you as you were in the same world as me because I think, I don't know, when I moved to London, I became kind of reclused in the mm. sense that I was more selective over who I hung around with, what I did. But then um, I saw your riding. And I did say to like my business partner, I was like, a friend from primary school is riding. Maybe we should do something. And it just so happened, you're like, well, I'm free. Let's let's do something. And I was just like, she has an adventure bike. I've never met anyone with an adventure bike. And it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's massive. And I'm like, how do you even ride that? What even got you to in, to choose an adventure bike? Yeah, so I have always been kind of pulled towards the biking industry. Whenever I saw bikes, I would be kind of infatuated by them. But no one in my family rides. So it was never something that I got to be a part of when I was growing up. It was very much just kind of kind of like the way you look at celebrities you're just like mm, I know they exist but I'm just not part of that I can never go and actually like touch one and be involved it's like <laughs> a hidden industry I've always found that so it's like yeah. such a like are you part of the clan to yeah get in? <laughs> yeah it's like you have to know someone to be in the club yeah. to be invited in <laughs> otherwise it's like a journey yeah um which is then where I got to because then I started dating a guy who had a motorbike and his dad had a motorbike and they then encouraged me to follow that passion. So they uh, pointed me in the direction of BMW rider training, which was really close to where we lived. Mm -hmm. And so I did the week intensive course there and got the bike pretty soon after. So I passed my test in October got the bike the following March as a birthday present so for my 21st birthday that's a nice birthday present <laughs> it was a very nice birthday present thanks dad what was your first bike it's the one that I'm riding really yeah, yeah that was yeah. your first bike yeah so because the reason that I got the 700 GS was because you could restrict it so yeah. I started taking the license um, pretty much the year that it switched where you couldn't automatically go up to the next right. um, go from an A1 to an A2 license and so, yeah, so I got that one because then I thought as soon as I take the test again and can have the full license, then I can get it unrestricted. I feel really like bizarre. I, I have been saying this all day because we've hung out a little bit, but it's like, this is Daisy from primary school. <laughs> like, wait, what is happening? Um, I don't even know, like, even, I know we spoke briefly about how our actual 
journeys becoming bikers is quite different. So I came from the point of I found it really tricky. I found it quite lonely because I did it. I did. I was seeing somebody that was a biker, but then we had split before I'd done my CBT and everything. And I was really alone when I did my CBT. Yeah. But then you were just like, yeah, I breezed through it. So that was quite a. Yeah, I had a great experience, you know, not. Not that we're yeah. sponsored, but BMW rider <laughs> training. <laughs> they were. Wouldn't mind being sponsored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were absolutely lovely. Just really, really inclusive, a really friendly atmosphere. And I know, speaking to quite a few different women who ride, that they don't all feel that way. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was really lovely. I never felt like I shouldn't be there. Um, so I literally seven days, first two days of the CBT, and then you go on to the do the five days of the full license. That must be why I think. Did you do you think that played heavily in how confident you are riding and what you do? Because you said you had a female instructor as well. Yeah. There. So I think how was that experience like? Is there anything you took away particularly from that experience? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing on the CBT. The instructors there were telling me that a lot of CBT places can be quite dodgy and they try and cram as many people in because legally I think you only need something like two hours road riding to be qualified and it's not even like you take a test, it's just a pass-fail based on the instructor. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, you spent the weekend, so you were learning in a paddock at first, you know. You didn't go out onto the road, I think, until kind of halfway through the first day, so you'd already practised loads of stuff inside a really nice, safe environment like a car park essentially but their own car park um and then we yeah took it really nice and slowly and then again you did the second day kind of feeling a bit more confident so that really helped the way they did it and I think that CBT training should be kind of more intense in that way as in go on for a little bit longer you know yeah because I feel it's it's easy apparently to a lot of people or it's easy or you just don't pass and it's all due to the person you have and the mood they're in, I feel. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So initially, like I've mentioned before, uh, when I did my CBT, I was amongst a group of guys and they kept singling me out and telling me, oh, you know, you're going to fail if you get a geared bike. You do it on automatic. And I was insistent, like, I need to learn how I'm going to be riding as I'm going to be riding it on the road. When I leave here, I'm not going to get an automatic bike. I'm going to get a geared bike. Yeah. Um, I think that's ridiculous. They suggested that to you. You know, if you wanted an automatic bike, that's what you would have asked for. Yeah. So I think that was really silly. Because it's also astonished me that you've gone for a adventure bike. Yeah. Because that's quite, like, I haven't heard of that. So if I see the girls on yeah. scooters or a super bike. <laughs> yeah. So an adventure bike's a kind of... It's the one I learned on. I learned, <laughs> on, I learned on the 650 GS. That's what they have as their training bike and I just found it so comfortable and actually I was deciding between either the street triple I did really like the Ducati Monster but I think it would have been a bit expensive That's anyway funny that was my choice of bike really my, yeah so I I had I've been saying like harping on about a, a monster and I've heard that's a very good bike yeah so start a bike I absolutely fell in love with the monster when I went to the NEC bike show the Birmingham bike show yeah and you got to sit on all of these bikes and I hadn't learned yet and I tried loads of different ones I thought about the KT Duke because my name's Daisy so I would have been Daisy Duke on it but I sat on it and it wasn't very comfortable (laughs) so then I went and sat on the monster and I was like oh my god this feels like heaven sitting on this bike and it's so light I know so comfy but I knew that I wanted to do touring so that's why I went for the 700 
over any of the naked bikes because I wanted to be able to pile as much stuff on it and go for week-long camping trips and that is what I've done with it so yeah I'm not I didn't really want it for nipping around a city it was more for when summer comes along I'm going to take the bike out and go for a really nice long ride. So adventure wise what's your craziest adventure you've done on this bike? So I have done two week-long tours both with partners on the back of it. So the first one I did was round the Republic of Ireland with an ex of mine. Yeah, and actually, (laughs) I feel bad for Andy, who's my current partner, but even though I broke up with my ex on that trip, it was still one of the best holidays I have ever been on. The freedom of being on that bike, going around Ireland. Most of the time, I forgot he was on the back, to be honest. But we, yeah, we took the ferry over from Wales and then just kept finding different campsites along the way and essentially did a big circle around. Is it easy to plan something like that? I mean, in, in Ireland it is because, well, I mean, in Ireland they have their their kind of version of the Route 66 along the end, mm-hmm. so you don't really have to think about sat-nav along the way. And we just kind of picked different things that we liked the look of and it was very easy to change a plan on the day. Because I've, I was saying it as well too earlier. I really want to do like a, a tour, but I have no idea where to begin. I'm just looking at it like, okay, that's a road. Where do we stay? Where do we go? How many miles do I do in between? It's yeah. dissecting it piece by piece. But it seems like you've done quite a few, and it's just it comes to you quite naturally. I guess it depends if you want to do camping or if you want to stay in a hotel. Because if you stay in a hotel, you are going to have to think about how far you're riding in between. My bougie self over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like I need a hotel. I can't do. I can't do. Camping. We've done camping in primary school, and I'm telling you now, it put me off for the rest of my life. Is that the only time you've camped? Um, is it the only time yeah I think so it put me off so much (laughs) that I just remember my clothes being damp I remember it being cold and windy and we had these pods that we stayed in sounds like camping and we had to have the shower and that like do you remember the random yeah the little cubicles down the hill yeah (laughs) we do like flashlights that is camping having to walk for your toilet (laughs) and your shower is a camping trip want to do it i want a hotel <laughs> so my business partner he's like have you ever camped i was like i've done it once i'm not doing it again <laughs> i will ride my bike to a hotel perfectly capable yeah, of yeah, riding yeah. to a hotel well i would i would as a bit of a practice maybe go for a day ride and see how comfortable how far you're comfortable riding in a day and think about whether or not you want to get to a place in time for dinner or if you're going to have dinner along the way and you're quite happy getting there later. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of things that you want to think about. So I would I would recommend if you're planning a hotel-based trip, then I would plan them a little bit closer together because you can always get to the hotel in time for booking, you know, 2pm mm-hmm. or something, drop all of your kit off and then go for a really nice ride. Because we did that a couple of times, even with the camping. We are doing this, right? You're going yeah. to you're going to take me step by step <laughs> yeah. this camping thing that you're glamifying up in my mind. <laughs> you're like, Sally, you did it all wrong in primary school. <laughs> Apparently, I've based a lot of my life on primary school at this point. Um, so I'm like, no, definitely not touching another. Actually, no, I've camped once after. Okay. And I had to go to a hotel to use the facilities oh, because... Dear. Yeah, I don't know who I became. I don't know what, what Mariah Carey is sat over here. But I was like, just not doing that again. A really interesting question that popped into my head just now was, I wanted to know what 
you think riding's done for your personality, your outlook on life? Because I know it's completely changed mine. So, I mean, you do seem like the Daisy that I hung around with in school and I'm completely remembering why we were friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I would love to know what you think it's, how it's impacted your life and what value it's given you. Yeah, so I love that question. I've never really thought about the impact it's had, but I don't know, it's quite easy. It's just, it made me experience the road in a different way. And I know that's so cliche, but when you're... When you're in a car, you've got the radio and there might be other people there and the seat's really comfy and you can turn the aircon on and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas when you're on a bike, you are just focused on that road. Like I am not about putting headphones in. I've tried it and it's just uncomfortable. And if there's a song that comes on you don't like, you can't change it. It's just a lot of... I have to vibe to this. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so much faff, all of that. So I am all about just being in my own headspace and... I think that's something that not a lot of people ever take the opportunity to do anymore. Mm-hmm. So I loved that I could spend an hour just being in my own head. You don't yeah. I didn't have to get distracted by anything. I it was interesting for me. So as I said I I um got was in a relationship when I was learning to ride initially and I we were having quite a lot of issues in the relationship. Uh, whenever we got on the bike, that we felt united. Number one, and number two, I'd stopped thinking about everything. Yeah, all my problems stopped because I had to think of the road. Even when you're pillion, um, you have to think of what's yeah. present in front of you, um, the dangers. You have to move with the rider to make sure that if he's going around a bend, you're not leaning the opposite way. Yeah, and that's why I fell in love with biking. Um, apparently, my father was a biker. Um, <laughs> God knows how far that got him. But um, <laughs> and my uncle is a biker, so he has a Suzuki Jixxer from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought it would be me riding up until I got those experiences and got constant exposure to bikes. And I was like, maybe this is the universe just guiding me into <laughs> yeah, what, it's a sign. what makes me happy. And the desire for a bike completely took control of every other issue it's kind of like a goalpost yeah it's really weird isn't it once you get your mindset on it it is it's like that's what I need it's not cheap <laughs> no <laughs> no I mean once you've once you've got the got all of the gear that is a yeah as a costly is, investment gear is the one that's, yeah um, burns the pockets yeah but you, I I bought my gear initially you know I bought textiles instead of leathers and because I wanted something that would suit kind of all weather riding um so I went for textiles and obviously the helmet the boots and the gloves and since then all of that has kept me until I mean I bought another jacket the other day but only because I wanted one that was all black instead of one that was black and white I didn't really need a new jacket just started to get fussy suddenly yeah I think that's my diva she'd got in contact with me and you're like that's what (laughs) I need going forward I know well if I'm going to be if photos are going to be taken if Sally is my friend (laughs) I need everything to match exactly (laughs) no um it's just like how did you even decide what gear to get because I'm lucky I found someone that's in in the biking world for me and that significantly helped direct me because honestly I was lost I went on purely what looks nice and what felt light <laughs> which wasn't the best solution <laughs> um until he put me in my Dainese jacket and I'm just I, when he put it on me the first time leather and everything just feels so heavy so and heavy. stuck and I couldn't move I couldn't feel anything and I was like I hate this I just want to unzip it he's like no zip it all the way up 
<laughs> zip it all the way up. And I was just like, I don't want to wear this. <laughs> I don't want to wear this. But when you break it in, it's much more comfortable. Mm. But the safety levels of what you choose. Um, so obviously I have a leather jacket. Yeah. But what made you, how did you learn about your, your equipment? The equipment, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Equipment's yeah. the right word. <laughs> how did you learn about your gear? Gear. Um, and know what to buy? Because I find that... Men, when they go into the biking world, there's so much choice. So much. For women, it's very limiting. Um, I've just learned about these Oxford jeggings that yes. everybody has that I absolutely need. <laughs> you I've do. I've seen them on you. 100%. And I, like, I need these. <laughs> They're so flattering. Yeah. Um, because also, that's another thing. All jackets of women's are quite short. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. That's why I really like my Dionese because it's longer. <laughs> They have the pink swells on oh, everything. Leave the pink out of it. <laughs> There's a dark corner in, in the corner of every bike shop. And that is where the women's stuff is. <laughs> and um, I said to I said to my partner when we were buying my, my gloves and my gear, I said, um, what's the difference? And he'd never, ever paid attention to it. And I said, look how the defining factor is mine's pink with mm-hmm. pink neon pink swells. Oh. And your stuff has like grey black this I'm, sorry, I'm getting men's gear i'm sorry yeah <laughs> like, i mean i think you could easily get men's gear yeah. i don't think our bodies really are that different anyway no but i it's the chest i do find the chest yeah and the, and the rise um the men's stuff tends to cover better yeah but the chest does and the shoulders tend to be very different because that's what i st- struggle with my first leather bike jacket the shoulders are massive and it's a men's jacket um and it hurts because my, my shoulders mm. are rattling around. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how you managed and were you guided through that process? Yeah, so I, um, so again, the partner that I was with and his dad, they took me to a shop called Hideout. And it's called Hideout Leathers. And it's female owned. And you so left with textiles. I did leave <laughs> with textiles, but it is called Hideout Leathers. And actually the woman who owns it, she ended up, designing and making I think pretty much all of the gear probably with help but all of the gear for one of the Fast and Furious movies you know the one where they introduced all of the bikers Uh, yeah I can't remember six seven eight however many of them there are 20 um that's quite a connection yeah really cool but it was she did mine before she got to that stage like I didn't go there because of that I went there it was one that was close to me and they recommended it and she was really great so I tried on the jacket and the trousers but she took the trousers in because oh they were tailored yeah because I'm I'm quite a big booty lady so (laughs) I I really needed like a smaller waist yeah but the trousers to be a bit bigger so she did that and she helped me essentially they kind of took me to the place and were like this place is really nice she gave us our gear and then when I went in she helped me a lot with it so I'm gonna have to go there I would recommend it when I pop to Cambridge again yeah um she was fabulous because that sounds like more of the it's few and far between in the industry isn't it yeah you either get solid gear that's amazing that fits perfectly like the jeggings like the jeggings, sorry, I cut out there for a second. Um, or you get gear that you're just like, why am I wearing this? Yeah, I know. And I just look like a fridge on a bike. Yeah. Because there's no there's no shape. I feel awful. I feel really uncomfortable, but I'm safe. And yeah, it is a lifestyle. I mean, I still ride my bike, wear my makeup, do whatever I need to do. But I do want to feel nice when I'm riding it. So 
I mean, it's an industry expansion option. I do believe there's a lot of space for expansion. Definitely. Oh, female clothes really do need to... Female rider gear. <laughs> really need help. <laughs> there is, I mean, Dainese, I've, I've noticed, has the biggest range I'm aware of. Oxford's not... F- like, I think they're pretty similar in that as well. Yeah. Um, There are some brands that... Um, I mean, my my partner loves Alpine Stars. Yeah. But he can't find... Uh, we went and he was just like, there's not a lot for women. No, no. They released a um, diesel um, and Alpine Stars collab recently. And I was looking at that and I they had a really nice men's leather jacket. And I didn't. they didn't have a leather jacket for women. And I was just like... If you're doing it for men, why, how, how difficult is it? I want a leather it? jacket because I really like that range. And I, I told yeah. my partner, I'd really invest in that jacket. But they didn't release it. And I was just like... Maybe we should go there. I mean, I don't just, wear leather. Just go but. anywhere. <laughs> just go. Please give us no, a jacket. Go to Alpine Stars, knock on their door and be like, just fit one to my shape, please. Yeah, because I do find chest is one. It feels always very stuck, mm. like I can't breathe. Or the like I said, the rise around the back, which I really hate. Um, yeah, but in terms of choosing gear, I think you have to think about what you want on the bike mm-hmm. or whilst you're riding and where you're going to be riding you know if you really like riding in the sun and that's where you're going to do most of it fair weather rider then you don't have to worry so much about what gear you're going for mm-hmm. but if you are, do want to either take it off road want to do some trail riding or if you want to take it on longer trips where you know there's a chance you're going to get wet then I think you just need to think a bit more carefully about it but my textile trousers are the comfiest trousers to ride in they just they just are quite bulky which is why i didn't do wear them you today wear overalls like the ones over the top of jeans or do you have they're just ones that you wear on, on their own i wear them over top of leggings so i okay. usually put some like thermal leggings on underneath yeah. too if it's really cold <laughs> and then judging by your road trips i'm not surprised yeah traveled, yeah traveled the whole of the uk <laughs> every nook and cranny daney D- daney <laughs> daisy has been there um well scotland is next so i really like your idea of going up the top because oh, so that excited. is on the I list just, Okay, I have this fascination with Lord of the Rings. Really weird, fun fact. But <laughs> I found out that some of it was shot in the UK and I need to go. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to ride everywhere. I'm going to ride everywhere. Initially, I wanted to do Land's End to John O'Groats on a push bike. Wow. Um, I Ambitious. Still, I still want to do that. But, um, you know, motorbikes are all that easier. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I'll just do that and get to see the same sights. But I love the adventure side of it. But I do love the aesthetic and the this the vava room of a super bike so i suppose i'm torn between the two um you could just get someone to follow you behind in a car with all of your stuff <laughs> just, just um poor poor shaz yeah, <laughs> with this yeah. van of all my my makeup and my goodies and i just pretend i look really cool i don't need anything on the road it's fine <laughs> i'm just super cool i'm yeah. super chill exactly that, that that mysterious girl that always looks like nice and semi-decent and then you don't realise like there's a van and a <laughs> convoy of like all her equipment behind. Yeah, it's like Bear Grylls when yeah. he would go on his <laughs> camping trips and then you found out that he went and stayed at a hotel I once. ate this ant. Yeah. That's all I ate for dinner. Yeah, and then someone gave you a whole bottle of water yeah, or like, a whole meal behind it. I don't some need chips. any help. Independent woman. And then I just have a convoy <laughs> yeah. of men helping me. Um, so have you been to Scotland before? I went to Edinburgh two mm-hmm. years ago. Loved it. So you haven't been to any of that mountainous part of it? So Sky sounds like a dream. I know that you met your partner there. Mm. Um, 
How is it being the 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 rider in a in a relationship? <laughs> so that was an interesting one because I didn't ask that earlier deliberately because I wanted to know when we talked. Yeah, well, that was one of the things on the two trips that I've done where either you would get it where we'd both get off and people would be surprised that I was the one at the front Mm -hmm. or if they hadn't seen us on the bike then people would come over and start asking them questions about it and not me so that was always quite strange but also also it did make me feel quite confident because you get to say actually sorry that's my bike so (laughs) that was always quite what are their faces like when you say that yeah just very like oh Oh, you know, very different faces. Um, Do your partners find it hard or have your partners ever found it hard, you being? Because it's considered quite a leading topic. So there is like this faux pas, like, I mean, I don't know how to phrase it. If it's expected the male to ride. Yeah. If the female rides and the male doesn't, it's considered that you're, it's emasculating in some people's eyes. Yeah, so I don't think that I would ever be with someone whose ego could be damaged that easily. Um. Mini clap <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. So Andy, yeah, he could not care less what other people think about his masculinity. Love that. Um, but he does want to ride. And I think being in the presence of my bike and me riding has made him want to do it more. And he really loved going around Wales. And we want to do more trips but it is it's not the easiest thing having a pillion and all of the gear for a whole journey like it would be quite nice to share that out that buckaroo on the bike (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot every time you have to stop but I love it I would happily do it again but he does want his own but he wants more of a a scrambler type bike you know yeah one of those kind of cafe racer very What's drawn him to that uh, i think it's his military background kind of going for that dark green uh, you know I'm very old school life yeah <laughs> yeah would you ever do uh, so so are you drawn to anything other than your adventure bike at all i mean eventually i think i'll have one in pretty much everything although potentially not harley that's the goal <laughs> that is the why goal why not harley i don't know it just seems like a vibe that isn't me the big chopper with the with the high up handlebars and the yeah i'd love to ride one love to just have a go on one but i hear that corners are difficult i, I have <laughs> i've i've sat on a harley and turned it on and literally he was like riding and i was like i don't know how to have my arms that high up <laughs> yeah. and maneuver like i was so confused um because it it was like a chopper one where the hand handlebars were so high and i was like um how <laughs> yeah like, my leg because also you, it's such a lean back lent back posture. also were your feet in like in front of you yeah That's so weird. it just kind of felt like I was uh, like a parachute like I yeah. was, <laughs> was like parachuting my body and I felt super weird yeah because my arms weren't that long and then I would have wanted to have sat forward if I wanted to do that but my legs needed to be back and I just I couldn't quite yeah. understand my posture for it yeah so for me riding is about me and my journey on the bike and how I feel on the bike not about how other perceive other people perceive me on it so I think that's why I'm sort of not that fussed about a Harley I want one that feels really nice so and I know that super bikes look amazing but they also feel amazing so I'm definitely drawn to that side of it as well because it does have that vibe I feel like Harley it's uncomfortable but you you have one some people would probably disagree with me and they love their Harley and I love that you know each to their own but 
maybe yeah I think definitely a sporty bike next potentially a naked bike as well fashionably I love the idea of a Harley but um I think I need to ride one to suss it out for myself yeah um I like strangely enough when I'm on a on a super bike the posture is quite compact Mm. and I feel safer it's strange. It it's almost like the inverse of a fetal position for me. Like <laughs> I'm I'm everything's more compact. I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. Whereas when I'm more splayed out and open, I feel quite exposed and just not quite as safe. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that's because I haven't been riding that long. Um, we don't have that much control. I think when you have your elbows by your side and your arms kind of fixed in that 90 degree angle. I know it is more out with a bike, but that is your kind of most controlling position mm-hmm. where you can use your core as well. And I think on a Harley, you kind of lose all of your core. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you lose all of those muscles and you're pretty much just using your arms. I just felt like, um, I, I suppose I like being very compact. Yeah. And when I'm on a super bike, I'm just like <laughs> all squished up and tense, especially when I started, I'm just like... I have control, I have control, I have control. Yeah, and <laughs> being comfort is key. Like, being comfortable on a bike is absolute key. I haven't, I never thought about an adventure bike until I actually saw your, st- and the colour of your bike, and I was just like, I need <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would highly, highly colour. recommend them. What's your favourite thing about an adventure bike? I think it's how comfortable it is. And the fact that I can take it anywhere. Uh, the other day I met up with someone and they showed me the Trans-Euro Trail, which is kind of endless. He remembers the <laughs> amount of kilometres, whatever it is, but there are endless different back roads and trail roads around both the UK, but a lot of them are in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. It was the first time I'd actually taken my off-road bike off-road. So, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was so invigorating, the riding through the puddles. Oh, It was amazing the whole I always vibe laugh because i'm quite everyone sees me as quite reckless so i imagine if i was to like people like if you were to get a, like a, a big car it would be like a defender so i'd be just like rocking yeah. around over cars like a monster truck vibes and i see that as like the adventure bike it's just <laughs> daisy's just just mowing everything over yeah, like, you just yeah. need to get there um well we were talking about that earlier we were planning i can ride over that That's yeah fine. <laughs> It's like, can you mount this? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely Get over fine. it, gravel, who cares? The bike Pigeons will do anything. Move. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I would. And it, it's, it is so lovely to ride in terms mm. of the posture that you're in is really lovely. And yeah, I do you love find it. that the type of bike is an indication on the type of personality type you have? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I do like that adventure in life. You know, I am a very adventurous person. I do scuba diving and mountaineering and You've sailing. Got that quite, even having known you as long as I had known you, you were always quite free spirited. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm quite more. I'm a bit more showy, and mm. I kind of went not showy helmets, but as in like showy offy. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of went for that that super bike you know sleek yeah structured look and it does have that power when you're sitting on it it makes you feel yeah. that incredible it's like a stallion in yeah. my head yeah and but then i don't know if that was a, a play on my personality because i was kind of trying to suss that out there's most people i've ever met with a harley have been very laid back mm. and very <laughs> chill very laid back position yeah <laughs> i get what you're saying and then adventure bike then there's you i mean i haven't met many adventure bike people but you're very chilled out like but 
like no boundaries like mm. oh i'll ride over that yeah that's fine mountain fine everest cool yeah. up there done it been there <laughs> and i'm there like bikes roads journeys this that this Going event fast. this event speed mm, yeah 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 what am i wearing <laughs> i don't know do you think that because it's quite interesting the personalities your free-spirited vegan um healthy lifestyle adventure you know getting most out of your life even living yeah. where you live in portsmouth and then there's me in a city yeah. roads like you could I, do that as one of those memes on facebook what type of bike are you well i've seen <laughs> quite a few so on the i uh, know we're on quite a few bike pages together yeah, that's why yeah. how we actually you're like you're on here too yeah it's like yes i am because i just joined every bike page yeah um and there's a lot of memes that pop up on them like oh when you type of bikers tourers and yeah all of these and the super bike's always known as the one that's like the womanizer the, the this the that of the bikes and I wondered if there was any truth to that in your opinion. Yeah, I think so. I think that you choose a bike that suits what you want to do and that mm-hmm. ultimately stems from your personality. So I don't even know what I want to do. <laughs> Just, I always thought biking for me is quite personal. Yeah. But I loved the... So I've always said I don't think I'm materialistic, but I like what I like. And I don't know if I'm practical. Mm. So... <laughs> yeah i'm the type of person that's like no these shoes aren't nice um and then i climbed a mountain in lacoste shoes and my back of my feet were like bleeding <laughs> but i was like but they're good for shots so but they look nice yeah. in a photo <laughs> i can't believe i did that to 1800 meters in lacoste pumps that's insane god that was in bali and it was hilarious because <laughs> i had i've got the, this picture of like my bloody foot and i was just like Ooh posing in the pictures like absolutely no pain and then I was like Shaz I need to lean on you down this mountain I can't move but I think that's like what I'm like with even my bike I I really want my gear to protect me I'm terrified of Mm. anything going awry and not being prepared for it yeah but then I don't know if I'm a diva and that plays into what I've chosen and where I'm going with my bike. I think so. I think it's a super bike kind of reflects the fast lifestyle of when I change my mind, I can get there quickly. And I think... I don't know many, many women in in super bikes, but the ones I have met, I have to say they're not materialistic. They're not very showy, but they're very... It's an odd glamorous. It's a different kind of glamour. Mm. Um, It's a very powerful image. Women bikers, I find. Yeah. There's an independence to it that you just think... They don't need a man, but then when they have a man, you respect them all that much more as well for yeah. how they conduct themselves around around that lifestyle. Do you feel, I mean, I know from my experiences in, in some of the groups, but do you feel there's a lot of sexism in the bike world or what's your experience been? Because you've been riding how many years now? Six and a half years now. yeah quite 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 a while while. I didn't find any sexism to begin with but I think that's because I wasn't part of many external biker groups you know I had a couple of friends who rode although they were all boys Um, but as I've increased the amount of riding that I'm doing and meeting more bikers and being part of more biker communities you know biker cafes there I definitely have noticed a lot of sexism, homophobia, and yeah, it's not it. The community definitely needs to become more inclusive. So that's kind of what I want to do is make the community feel more inclusive, so people feel welcome. 
Yeah, because you're starting on a little YouTube um, business journey. Mm, yeah, um, which Get is the quite plug in exciting. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also know because it's quite interesting how our paths we're feeling the same need. Yeah, yeah, in the same industry, and albeit I'm a lot newer to this industry, um, I felt the lostness of and the not openness quite a lot i don't know if that's because i'm in london as well mm. um because there's a lot of groups uh are you part of any groups no no yeah. i you know i have a group down south that we go riding sometimes but we we're not named okay. not anything the like nameless that. crew yeah <laughs> yeah and we don't act like a crew you know we go kind of separately and people are welcome at any time it's basically just, just a, friends yeah it's just a group of female riders who live down south in the same area because i found there was a lot of politics around that like who are you riding with make sure you don't ride with that people those mm. people be careful of these people and i was just like, i just want to ride my bike with people i trust yeah you see that's what i find i don't find like i've ever been excluded mm-hmm. from the biker community community people have always accepted the image of me as a biker Mm -hmm. but it's my opinions that seem to be very strange to the biker community what do you mean by that like being vegan or i've had conversations with people and then it's gone very transphobic and i'm like i'm not comfortable having this conversation Mm -hmm. or someone's drinking a can of pink monster and then he's called gay and it's just that is very uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. or to meet some bikers you know I met some hell's angels the other day because I just parked next to them at a biker cafe and we got chatting and I was joking saying that I was going to join the club I didn't actually want to Mm. and found out that women aren't allowed to (laughs) so it's you know it's just kind of old white men and it's not that I have anything against them I just I just want it to be a more accepting place for everyone. You said something earlier which was really interesting which was you said it's not that I feel like I'm excluded but I don't feel like I'm welcomed. Yeah. And I think that hit the nail on the head. No one's ever pushing you away, but they do like have a massive question mark above their heads. Like if this was a game, there'd be that symbol yeah. that comes up in that sound. <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> like what's happening? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I have to prove myself. Did yeah. you find that whenever you rode into a biker cafe? And on top of that, when I do feel I have to prove myself, I always stall. Yes. I guarantee you I will stall. <laughs> like if I have to, like if I'm try- if someone's road raging behind me and I feel like I have to, oh, I'm a girl on a bike and got my eyeliner on, I'm going to make a point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'll, you know, stalled, great. And yeah. They're like driving past you and I'm just like, yeah. it's fine, breathe, just breathe. Yeah. It'll be fine. But to a lot of women that I know, just you talking about your eyeliner there, the image of being a female on the bike is something that's really important to them. Mm-hmm. So... And it's really important to me as well. So if I'm if I have my hair in a plait, when I put my jacket on, it gets caught underneath, and I always make sure that it's out because mm-hmm. that long hair for me is representing the fact that I am a female rider, and I want people to know that. And there are some other girls I know who have quite short hair, and they have not that I would want this on my helmet, but they have those things that you stick on the helmet, and it's a big plait going down the back. Right, and yeah. she said that's really important to her so that people know she is a woman on that bike. Yeah. And it's not so that they treat her any differently, but that's a big part of her identity. It's normalising it. So yeah. there's a massive degree of just normalising men or women on a bike. And they don't even have to say anything, but that shock of, oh, you're on a bike, is just enough to piss you off, really. Yeah. And just feel like, why? Why not just accept me for what I am? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the degree of misogynistic comments and things I've seen on other people's platforms. Um, my friend, she received one the other day, which was, um, 
oh, it's so funny. Um, I've been riding 22 years, but you just have to be a female on a bike. And now, you know, you'll get all the followers and sponsors. <laughs> and it's like, okay, first we have to normalise that women can ride whatever they want to ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, secondly, you don't have to make things easier for us to ride you can make things more comfortable you can accommodate our clothing more because we do have different body shapes yeah but you don't have to make it seem that you're changing an industry to allow us in no you just have to expand the industry and accept that we already exist yeah i I don't know why the biking community feels a lot of the biking community you know it is important to recognize that it's not all of them but a large part of it and the general vibe that you get from it it's as if they don't want it to grow it's as if they only want it to be themselves and that seems really strange to me because when i find something that i love i want loads of other people to experience it as well i struggled because a lot of my the 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 beginning of when i started riding was based on opinions of people, which was strange because when I was researching or when I was seeing, I'd read comments and I'd do that. And I I learned quickly um, the faux pas of biking, but I learned from a lot of men on comments. And Mm. like you were saying, I want my hair down. I want people to see my hair. Yeah. I deliberately won't ride with my hair out because I always feel that people are judging me. Oh, wow. They're like, oh, because um, I tie it up a lot for plat- in plats and stuff. Maybe yep. when I shoot, I let it out. But uh, the comments I got were, oh, her hair's going to be a, a bird's nest at the end of that. And I was like, when I was on the bike, always, I've never had a problem. But it's just all these people's opinions. And I think I need to strengthen that bone of getting rid of people's opinions. Yeah. Um, but it affected me massively because I didn't come from a group of people that were bikers i'm the first one ever in my family to cross that line there's not many muslim girls that do this anyway yeah yeah not many brown girls that do it anyway yeah and i was just like i don't want to be seen as an idiot on a bike i don't want to be seen as somebody that doesn't know what she's doing is gonna get herself killed yeah i don't want all that because i believe in energy i didn't want all that focus and energy on me yeah where people would like in my pictures um i do a lot of fashion-based stuff because i do want to encourage fashion still because I come from that background and I just learned I had to stop I think I overthink the situation so much to try and minimize the amount of stupid comments I get because I'm so there's a picture of me turning and I have my helmet on I think it was on one of the girl groups we were in but there was a mixed group and um I was putting the helmet on they were like you do know you have to face the other way on the bike and a lot of the women I found were even backing up the men. Yeah. And I found that even harder. That There was a comment that was like, just a question from a guy with no hair, not offense to people with no hair, but he had no hair. He had uh, he doesn't wear makeup. He, he was a bloke, typical bloke. Um, and he was like, just a question. Do you wear makeup every time you go out on a bike? And I was like, what is it to you? How is that relevant? What is it to you? Yeah. Um, and there's this amazing comment from this woman. She was like, every time I wouldn't leave my house without it. It's <laughs> like, I love you. Yeah. Like, I didn't have the confidence to hit back at that. But that's because often when you hit back at those comments, it feels very, you feel very alone. Yeah. Because you feel like if you make one comment, people are going to make loads more comments back at you. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I definitely made a comment on one and then a few men commented underneath it. It's like they gang up. And yeah, they're, they're they do. And they're prepared for, yeah. to rip you down. Another guy was, um, oh, do you even know where the gears are? And I was just like, how, I, I wrote, how is a picture of me with a helmet got anything to do with my ability to ride? Why are the two, like, why is it so affecting you? 
Yeah. That. And how exclusive is that as well? Yeah. How horrible to make someone else feel like they can't do something. Like you said, based on a picture, you know, he doesn't know you at all. But that could have been a make or break situation for you. If you didn't know anyone else who was a rider, mm-hmm. that could have been the final comment that tipped you over the edge and stopped you ever wanting to ride again and that's really horrible i don't understand why it's such a triggering topic yes men (laughs) on bikes not all men i will disclose that but uh, i mean i've got a great partner my best friends uh, knows how to ride like they're amazing men and i'm i've surrounded myself with some great men that accept me for what i have and what power i hold but also they accept me as i am as a woman and what what nurturing things and abilities i have in that in that dynamic um but they're like can you pop a wheelie can you do this can you do that a lot of men are like oh but you don't know how to do this and it's like maybe i don't want to maybe i just want to ride my just bike want to ride ride the way i want to ride yeah why does it affect you there was a comment i saw it really pissed me off on um a friend again um i'd said to her i don't know how she manages because she's quite a big platform and the guy was like oh i've seen you to be honest, you look like you have all gear, no idea. Mm. And I was like, to be honest, I do want all the gear in case something happens. Yeah. And I'm prepared for it. What is my two minutes of you seeing me ride got to do with anything? Yeah. I find that with a bit with the biker community in terms of all the gear, no idea as well, that you have to know everything for them to accept you as a female rider you have to know how to fix every single part of your bike and technicalities yeah to be able all of that and actually that's not just what riding is about you know if a lot of people love that side of riding and I think when you really get into it as a hobby then yes you do end up learning how to clean parts of your bike but there are also people who can do that so actually if you just want to ride and that's all you want to do then really hate is gonna hate and you should just ignore the people who are trying to tell you otherwise and trying to make it this you know to consume your life I have other things to do I don't always have time to watch a YouTube video and ask other people and buy the tools to fix a specific part of my bike when I know I can just drop it off and someone else can do it perfectly and nothing can go wrong what's wrong with that that was actually a really funny conversation I had because uh, my partner made me dissect his Aprilia with him and <laughs> he was cleaning all the servicing it and cleaning all the parts to it and everything like that and he kept me really far away from all the the major the major <laughs> stuff he was doing i was cleaning panels thinking i had the most important job <laughs> but um i said to him so how much does it cost to like service this and he was like i don't know like 60 90 pounds something like that and i then said we spent the whole day doing this yep. and you've got a few more days to do and he and i was like to be honest, I just pay the money. Just pay the money. <laughs> and he was like, "No, I like to know what I'm doing." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, it's good to know that I know what to do, but it's good to also have the choice to be like, you know what? Would you MOT your own car always? No, right. um, exactly. That's what I always think. If you've got the time and you're passionate about it, and you want, to, and uh, he's very passionate. He does track days and everything like that, which yeah. is amazing. And I would love to learn track and experience all these things. But am I going to take them on as careers? And I don't know. Yeah. I need to experience it and see what I like. Um, I'll gain knowledge, I think, as I go along, but allow me the space to want to learn. That's the thing. It's a, it's expected that right from the beginning, you know how to do all of that with your bike or that anytime something goes wrong, you have to make that time to learn. And that's not me. I would also really love to learn mm-hmm. how to deal with all of that stuff on my bike, especially when I start going on tours that are maybe further away from home or further away 
you know, if I go around the UK, I know there's going to be someone who can come and get me if anything goes yeah. wrong. And I, I do want to learn. But, you know, I'm six and a half years in and I still don't really know how to do that. And people say I need to tighten my chain. And I'm like, can you not just do that for me? <laughs> can, you, can you show me? Because I don't. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, I just have other things I need to do yeah. in life. <laughs> I don't know. Amongst, I think this is a reason why I set up the, the platform to do the podcast anyway, was to kind of get rid of that shame, that shame of, I don't know everything and the perfectionism. I know that you were saying to me that, yeah. that I, you, I always tell people not to be perfectionist, but I am not heeding my own advice at all because I won't release anything until it's like spick and span perfect. I don't like people seeing my mistakes. I don't like people seeing L plates. I don't like people seeing, cause I, I feel very judged yeah. on, on what the images I put out there compared to who I am. And Sometimes you need to just let go of that perfectionism and we need to be given the space to allow that perfectionism to go. Yeah. With age, definitely, as I've got older in my 20s, I've been able to be like, okay, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at that. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. I fell off. I did this. Fine. Yeah. Sod it. Who cares? But when you're younger or when you're alone, if you're a female alone in this industry, I, mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I can definitely speak for myself and a few people I've spoken to. Men either take credit for who you become yeah or they criticize every flaw there'll be a picture of you with your with your arms out and they're like are you gonna write like that and you're like <laughs> so what if i am so what if I, there are tons of boy male riders that i've seen Top with their arms out exactly and but with women it's wearing like trainers a, it's it's there's a fine line between women they either are considered the butch woman yeah or the no gear no idea <laughs> on a bike gonna die chick but she looks good yeah and it's finding where you fit in an industry that's just so that the the perfectionism such a thing yeah i think i think that's really important to ditch for all parts of life but definitely motorcycling as well it is not about looking perfect on a bike because again a lot of the female riders that we see in photos or in media it they're portrayed as a kind of a sexy object aren't they mm -hmm. and so it's this idea that if you ride do you have to look that way do I have to be wearing those Oxford leggings that are very figure hugging or can I just wear something that I'm going to be comfortable in and and not care so yeah I think that is really important to to ditch and and know that it is about yourself and not about how other people are seeing you but I know that's a complicated it's, long journey it's a tough one because when i i noticed that on my social media I portray a lot of fashion which makes me seem very perfectionized it's not even a word but <laughs> it is now um but then on the other hand of it uh, other side of it i love my hair being up whatever i'm doing i do like my makeup i always find that with my makeup and skincare if i don't wear it somehow my skin breaks out and i don't understand <laughs> why it works the other way around but I went all of like beginning of quarantine, the first one with no makeup. And I was like, why is my skin worse than it's ever been? <laughs> um, but I always found it's like a barrier between the elements for me. Yeah. And I was like, who cares? Like, why is this everyone else's opinion? And it's not because I want to look nice all the time, but this is the gear I bought. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's finding the ability to explore the gray area that's been unexplored like be a yeah. girl that looks nice and dresses how she wants to dress monday i want to look like i'm homeless tuesday i want to look like i'm going to a wedding wednesday i want to look like i've i've not slept in three days let me be and yeah. 
stop the judgment and the expectation and the leading questions when they're like oh how how's your do you know what fairing is do you know what this is do you know where your oil goes and it's like trust me if you if you give me my space to learn I will learn so I have a question that I kind of want to flow into um as I probably mentioned earlier you're looking to start a business in the biking world also with plant-based food and it's really lovely to see that other women are wanting to make these this a career and I just to me the two are just so like food and bikes like I don't know how that works <laughs> so I wanted to know what more about that from your perspective yeah so firstly I have um, a little bit of history in business I did a business competition when I was in um, in university so I did that for two years and as soon as I entered it I loved that whole business world and but now I'm in teaching because I wanted to get some experience in schools with the idea of starting an emotional intelligence business. One question. How do kids feel when you roll up on your bike? <laughs> oh, they absolutely love it when they find out I ride a motorbike. And then, they, a bike. and then they love it even more when they see what bike it is. Because I, I only live about a 15-minute walk from my school, so I never ride the bike to school. Um, but I do show them pictures. And, yeah, they do absolutely love it. And they're very funny because sometimes they'll be like, oh, miss, did you ride your ped today? And I just look at them like, a ped? You think I ride a ped? Please. This is a bike. I am a biker. And then I show them a picture and they're like, whoa, that's huge, miss. It is a big bike. Yeah, it is a big bike. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bike, Daisy. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much only work out so that I can handle my bike, yeah, not it's, for it's image. Big bike, <laughs> Not Daisy. for health. I look at my bike and I said, I was saying earlier, I struggle to man manoeuvre my little my, my Yamaha around. And then you're there like, I have a big bike. <laughs> and I can pick it up. What? Yes, I can pick up my bike. I dropped it once when I was on a little ride round where I live, round the South Downs. And I dropped it at the top of a junction. It was a little bit too slanted for me. So I dropped it and I just looked at it and went... I'm just going to have to do it. So, I, yeah, I like twisted it the way that I tried to remember they showed me six years ago when I learned. And so you have to twist the wheel so it kind of locks in that place and then put your back to it and lift it up. And I was so excited when I lifted it up and so gutted that no one was around to see it. I almost wanted to drop it again in front of people just so people could see me pick it up. <laughs> I felt very proud of myself. So definitely you can lift me up. Yeah. I was actually going to say to you, one day we're going to have to do like a, a bike swap. We're going to have to figure something out. <laughs> yeah. And because I, I can't even get my leg over yours without like a little bit of a hop, skip and a jump. Yeah. And I don't know. Are you taller than me or same height? Mm, like five, three and a bit. Okay. Five, I'm taller than you because yeah. I'm five, six. Um, five, it's just six, a skill. Five, seven. You learn it. You adapt. I think that's the thing. It's about being adaptable riding a motorbike. You're just flawless on it. But yeah. sorry, I cut into your, yeah. your, your business journey. So then once lockdown hit, that was actually a really nice opportunity for me to take some time, as I'm sure it was for so many people, yeah. to really just have that downtime to think about what you wanted from life. And so I did start having more of a think and yeah have come up with this idea which was amazing because again like I said I really love that business idea but I thought how do you ever come up with a niche like that just seems so alien to yeah. me to be able to think of something that hasn't been thought of before but 
And it's not that what I'm thinking of hasn't been thought of before, but it hasn't been combined in the way that I want to do it. It hasn't been executed in the way that's yeah. reciprocated to you. Yeah. yeah. So I really love cooking. I've always loved cooking. It's been a really big part of my family life. I've got an Italian uncle and me and my dad used to play, um, not necessarily a game, but when he would cook food, I would taste it and see what spices were in it and try and guess all of the spices that he'd put into this dish. And I absolutely love that game. I use smell when I'm cooking. It's a really mindful thing to me. Me too. Um, That's a strange one. Yeah, and not a lot of people do. It's an. In- I don't know if it's an Indian thing, but... Um I sniff things yes. and figure out what's missing. I can I've smell never met anyone that does that. Right, so my best friend's dad does this as well. And he was the first person that I'd met who also does yeah. this. He said he smells his food to tell when it's done. And I was like, you, yes, that's yeah. 100%. <laughs> Need salt. How does no one else do this? I can, I, can do, I can tell a lot more through my nose than I can through my mouth. Right. It's really weird. Yeah, always smelling my food. Really weird line. So, never <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I absolutely love cooking. I love baking and I'm vegan. So I've learned to be very adaptable and creative in the kitchen. Um, Also, one of my favourite things to do is just look in a cupboard and try and piece together a meal. So I think that's something I'm really good at. Rather than planning and buying the ingredients, I'm very much like, oh, I've got chopped tomatoes. I've got that. We'll put something together and it turning out really lovely. And I really love biking. I want the biking community to be more inclusive and to have more women feeling confident and people from the lgbtq community feeling more included and feeling more welcome so that's a really big part of what i love so i just want to combine the two so i want to do the easiest way to explain it is like the hairy bikers but young female and vegan is i was thinking martha stewart on a bike yeah something (laughs) like that (laughs) i could just see you on the cover of a book with like a tray and I don't know a bike. I don't yeah. know why that's coming to my head. So I want to do lots of riding around um, different places, whether that's in the UK or whether that's in different countries, you know, probably a series in different places and either find local, probably a mixture actually, of finding both local food that is vegan or local cafes and things that where you can go if you are vegan, where you know they're going to have food for you, but also finding their traditional gist dishes and turning them vegan so they're traditionally the pastries or just kind of curries that kind of food you know and because making I vegan options. I found a partner and I don't worry now about gaining a lot of weight yeah. I think that like you were said earlier so last that's so pre-covid so pre-lockdown caring so, about your size so pre-lockdown <laughs> um we are going to t- come with you now on this trip. yeah 100% <laughs> we can eat all the food yeah I'm totally down for that. I'm going to need people to eat it. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I, yeah. I'm happy to taste test. Yeah. I'll put myself on the line. I, I'm, I'm totally going to be your guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially the business, if you've got a big Venn diagram and put vegan food in one and biking in the other, I'm in that little section in the middle where you have... <laughs> it's going to be fascinating to yeah. see how you gel that together. So it is a niche, but I think people will love it. And I want it to be really inspirational. I want people to feel more confident in their vegan cooking or in trying something thing that isn't isn't based around meat you know it for me it's not about getting people to turn vegan but just try a dish that has a few more vegetables in it or try something with lentils rather than sticking chicken in there and trying tofu in different ways a lot of people I know don't like tofu and I ask them well how how have you had it done and they're like I don't know I didn't know there was more than one kind right well that that's where you've gone wrong here because there are so many different kinds and so many different ways to cook it there's been a lot of judgment on such a small test of the market in their mind yeah. and they've just yeah. been like 
because that was um i'm not plant-based or vegan um but i my best friend is so obviously i've tried a lot in that world and when he introduced me to stuff i was like oh this is so tasty yeah there's a place that my mouth's watering right now as i'm speaking <laughs> um it has this teriyaki chicken it's called king cook daily and i like even my partner he's not he's the furthest thing from vegan you'll ever meet but literally ever meet <laughs> keyword <laughs> but um he's like oh you do know i work near shoreditch at the moment i can go get the teriyaki i said they closed down oh <laughs> I no like, i said to i said to my best friend like he really wants that teriyaki chicken like, <laughs> i do too i could eat literally tubs of it and so it was fake chicken yeah nice. but I don't know how it was made. Yeah, the yeah. texture was similar. The the taste yeah. was gorgeous, and that was a, such a good takeaway to have. Um, and I mean, he cooked it. The guy obviously cooked it there, and I was just like, yeah, my mouth's really watering. Well, I think it's <laughs> I think people steer away from it because when they've had dishes, it's the meat that gets marinated and the meat that gets flavored, mm-hmm. and not the vegetables. So you know, very typical kind of British food. You've got your boiled carrots or boiled broccoli, and I remember roasting broccoli for my partner was the first time he'd had broccoli cooked in that way and he was like I never realized how delicious broccoli could be and because it's just you know why not spice your veg why not put cumin on your cauliflower and then put some oil and salt and put it in the oven that makes it taste amazing or recipes by Daisy yeah exactly (laughs) small little people are there now got all their cauliflower out the fridge yes down for it Um, yeah I think people understand the versatility of cauliflower now it's been turned into just about everything pizza bases steaks hilariously it's a a whole new world and to understand that I think diversifying the bike world in such a way that it is a vehicle, people. It's a vehicle that you drive and yeah. you ride. It's not that deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone should be allowed to be a biker. There should be no limits. I mean, we were on our way here and we saw a guy who's in a wheelchair in a in a in some form of a bike. Amazing. And we were like, oh, what's that? We've never seen that. And my partner was like, it's because he's in a wheelchair. And I was like amazing he's not let it limit him because of his age his gender his anything yeah or because yeah. he's he's a foodie so how do you mesh the two no literally it's my vehicle that's just the mm. choice of vehicle i have because i enjoy it you buy a car because you enjoy it or you need it or whatever you're doing it for because a lot of people get bikes to commute it's a lot easier yeah. in london yeah but i think that's what we need to do with the biker community yeah. we need to make people realize that it you don't have to fit into that biker stereotype Mm -hmm. for you to become a biker and actually just give it a go and you'll realize how you can make it your own it doesn't it doesn't have to be like buying a harley makes you that kind of biker although i did talk about that earlier (laughs) i think that it is like you do you are um you do gravitate towards certain things and you can build a community off it so yeah i've built a massive um like great friendships with women that i've met that are in super bikes because they've gone through something similar to, to me yeah um our experiences are similar and it's very interesting that i've crossed that with with certain women and even me and you i can't believe after how many years how much we've suddenly got yeah like, still in common from yeah. you know primary school to now that's a massive gap we were not friends when we were teenagers I know. as in we weren't with nothing against each other we just never were around yeah and then to be in our 20s now and just realize oh my god we have so much in common but 
I love that it's I love that it's the bikes that have brought us together, it's especially weird. as I'm like venturing deeper into the biker world. And Me too, and I'm like, I'm, yeah. making, I'm trying to make a career out of this yeah. line of work and I'm like, okay, why am I doing this? It just feels like yeah. a calling. I feel like yeah. it's a niche that speaks to me that I've needed clarity on and that's why I went towards the podcast because I said... I always needed advice. I want to create a platform where the people I've learned from, I've watched, I've seen, I would love to have heard from going through that. I want to present that. Not from a Chinese whispered perspective where I'm feeding the information out. Why mm. can't I just bring on the people that I've learned from? Yeah. I've gelled with, I've seen develop and share that with the world because there are some amazing men, women, very seasoned people and their personalities are so seasoned because they've gone and done something against the norm. Yeah. And I love that. I think every biker, whether they're male, female, LGBTQ, whatever they are, I don't know all the synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they are, um, colour, skin, whatever, it doesn't matter. We all have something in common. We've chosen something that's against the norm. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, the norm is not biking. It's a little bit rebellious. Yeah. It's a little bit independent, you know, yeah. you can't take, I mean, you can take one person on the back. You don't have an instructor on the back. You don't, you yeah. know, you don't go, there, there is no one that goes through that journey with you. Yeah. That sat next to you or anything, even if they are pillion or whatever. You're so responsible for your life. You don't have someone next to you when you're doing your CBT or your mod one or your mod two. You don't have someone who's in control of that bike for yeah. you at any point. That is very scary. And there's that level of I am so responsible for myself and if you've got someone on the back you're so responsible for them yeah and there's nothing like that but I think that's what why we want to make the biker community kinder yeah. and more welcoming because when you are going through that you want some cheerleaders to the side saying yeah, yeah. come and join us yeah. like keep going and yeah you might fall off but and they Who don't cares? segregate you. So yeah. I found that a lot of when I first started this journey, I was with a group, and they told me, "Oh, don't don't mix with this, don't mix with them, don't mix with this." And I did think they were trying to protect me to a degree, but then I felt so alienated and scared of who to reach out to. Where I just want to do it like I pick my friends, people I gel with, people yeah. I don't. I just want it to be easier. And yeah. I don't know if I've slated a lot of things in this one. <laughs> this is my friend from primary school, guys. I'm going to speak how I'm going to speak. I don't want to filter it. I just want to keep from it the real. Um, if my mind changes in the next session, it does. I, there's a lot of things I'm learning as I'm going through. And I just want to be in a position where I'm sharing that with people, where they can feel at ease, feel accepted for their for their outlook if your outlook is a certain way as a group as a team it's our responsibility to broaden that if we don't see it right our responsibility to not fight with people because they're dressed up on a bike if you're interested in knowing why someone's wearing makeup under a helmet if that's your business in your mind then communicate with them nicely if you don't like to see certain people on bikes you don't like to see it T take yourself away yeah if you want to add something to it just like a recipe add to it just enjoy the world that we're in and expand it i think that keep going keep going back to expanding it because yeah come and join us to see i mean i don't know i think i don't know if it was in our primary school i they were like who's your role model and i always used to say my mum and people would be like oh so cute and it wasn't because oh so cute it was because there wasn't any other brown person in media there wasn't any other brown people around us cambridge is very 
um i think it's it very white definitely when we were growing up um yeah i mean the school itself had a big bangladeshi community yeah i didn't fit in that yeah i yeah. wasn't bangladeshi no exactly and then i felt like oh the only role model i do know is mum. no pop stars no singers no even bikers i found um, a biker girl in india the, the other day and i was like oh my god she's got nearly a half a million followers and she's indian yes go I, I i resonated with it so much because i felt it is a is if i could provide myself a role model it would be in everything that that they want to be normalizing that we're just everywhere be whatever you want to be yeah. be as many different types of people as you can and develop from that stop segregating it where you only see what is mainstream acceptable men on bikes yeah um women um women riders get paid less in the industry or this that and the other or you know just just stop with all that drama and just enjoy talent for what it is enjoy passion for what it is yeah definitely well i think i think definitely normalizing it but also i think there's a lot of encouragement to yeah to go on as well it's not just about me being on a bike there and people the, seeing um, me on a bike it's the women's group that we are in is really really supportive yeah, yeah very i mean there is another biker group which is mixed which is really supportive there are a bit sneaky comments in there um but the female group's amazing because there's so many people that i'm gonna go do my cbt i feel like i'm just gonna walk yeah. out and i loved seeing that because i remember when i went on, on my own walked down the road had my helmet in hand guys catcalling on the way there got there felt stupid felt awkward felt uncomfortable it's sad that they feel like that because yeah. you shouldn't but it's also nice that they feel that they've got a platform to to vent that on definitely and all of us girls i even felt inclined i'm not someone that majorly comments back on things but i'm like go in there and show them it doesn't <laughs> matter if whatever happens it doesn't matter you've done it and just be happy that you've done it whether you have to complete it another day or not just do the process and it feels so good to see how many girls they're showing off their one two fives. They're just on their proud, yeah. and I love that. I love seeing that. And men are even just saying, you know, well done, you've done it. This is advice, and you just think, yeah, this is a community. Definitely, definitely, it's and, getting there. It's not yeah. like it's not there. I think it just it has some some way to go so before it's where question. we want it to be. I have a really a question that I wanted to ask you. So, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? In your biking career, I'm going to call it your career at this point. <laughs> in terms of anything, what comes to your mind? Oh, I guess, I guess probably doing a trip with a boyfriend on the back, going camping. Why was that the craziest for you? Because it was, it was all of the gear. I think a lot of women are quite intimidated by the idea of putting, having a pillion on the back of a bike because it does make it significantly heavier. Whereas I had a pillion and two panniers full of camping gear and a big duffel bag full of camping gear on the back as well and then I think Andy was wearing a backpack too so it was a lot it made the bike probably twice as heavy <laughs> it was a lot of things on there and then to commit to a week of going around somewhere where you know it's going to be raining you're going to be camping you have to find food everywhere and you're cooking your own stuff but at the same time it's one of the freeing most freeing experiences now I've you've done. said it i don't know if you've sold me on it again yeah <laughs> teetering back and forth I'm with the thought going of it. for the hotel <laughs> so you stay in, you stay in the marriott i'll camp in the garden <laughs> yeah she'll be you'll be in the back garden it's fine <laughs> um okay and what's the what, okay, what's the scariest position you've ever been in on the bike yeah oh 
You mean with cars or, or with anything? Like it, that one's an interesting one for me because yeah. I oh, okay, okay. Actually, one one experience does come to mind where it was part of the island trip, and we'd gone to the pub, and the journey there had been really beautiful. There was all these back roads, and then it had become pitch black, and there were no street lights, and it was one of those one of those scenes where you expect a murderer to jump out of a bush at you and so yeah I had a drunk partner on the back me on the bike not knowing where I was going because I don't use a sat nav so I I memorize my routes and occasionally stop to double check that I'm going in the right direction if I feel like yeah I use map well I use google maps too but um you're not completely pulling out no no (laughs) (laughs) but we did have that for Ireland to be fair yeah so but often I use google maps look at the route kind of roughly know how long it's going to be and where I could stop along the way and then just remember okay well I'm doing that route and then a40 a406 that was to here and then it's the first junction then I got hella confused because it didn't look you have to remember more, it doesn't look anything like it does. The more I'm talking to you, the more I feel like a diva. Because I've had to, my partner got me a quad lock so, to put on the... Yes, so I, I saw those. <laughs> so I have, because I, my sense of direction is so bad. I'm like looking at the map every few seconds, even if I'm walking. I'm yeah. like, turn left. Okay, left. Okay, okay, keep walking. Okay, left. <laughs> okay, I have to go turn left now. So for you to memorise like old school style, I can't, <laughs> feel, I can't even... Yeah. Oh God, you're an adventurer. Uh, that one was so crazy as well because the journey it's not like I was following any routes or any signs I remember that one was hilarious it was like one of those games on a tv show so it was okay so I'm going to take the left and then it's three roads and a right and then two roads and a left and then two roads and another left it was that kind of thing that I was having to remember and then I hadn't even thought about it on the way back so on the way back I had to completely opposite it and I was so upset that my partner at the time didn't appreciate how incredible that was that I'd made it I'd got us back to the campsite without getting lost in this pitch black area and it's a campsite oh my god oh I was so scared so scared that time but we got through it and I mean obviously that was quite an irrational part of my brain the idea that someone's going to be waiting there with a knife <laughs> I have a newfound level of trust in you at yeah. this point I think um I think it's a really lovely place to wrap up cool because I'm getting the warning signs to to the side of me that I, don't, I, I think I could chat to you literally all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm probably sweating with like excitement and like listening to everything because I'll come I back again. Hasn't felt yet. Definitely. <laughs> I have to, what we're gonna do is as soon as you've launched, yeah, yeah. your business, I'm definitely. gonna have to have you on and definitely doing those those trips 100 and you're definitely leading <laughs> because my level of trust in you is like through the roof at this point daisy will fix everything daisy will fix all she my problems <laughs> daisy knows how to fix everything daisy is the maps at this point <laughs> there we go that's my type slogan it, type it in the ma- all the maps you need <laughs> i've I, i've really enjoyed i feel like it's been a great vent session for me it's been a really good catch-up session this daisy from primary school yeah um, it has been super lovely and i love chatting to other female riders so if anyone is listening and does want to chat about or they're thinking about going into riding i am more than happy to answer loads of questions yeah you know what i will make sure i put all your handles and stuff below so definitely reach out to daisy um personally yourself because yeah i think you're you're super accommodating you're super accommodating so you'll totally be there to talk to people because all I want to do is connect people with yeah. people they resonate with. Yeah. Um, that's my only mission. Uh, and learn along the way myself. Yeah. I've learned now. 
I probably can do way more than I think I can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm going we'll to work go on home, it. Memorize maps. I don't even know my na- way around my own area, <laughs> right? I I second guess it every single time. I'm like, it's like three roads. I'm still confused. You'll get that. Well, it's been really lovely. Thanks for having me amazing. on. Um, yeah, I'm going to do the YouTuber thing. So please like, share, subscribe and get involved with this conversation because, you know, I want to explore this so much more and, you know, join the family, write comments, send us a DM and hopefully we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>